folks. Welcome to the Crowd Assist Podcast, brought to you by Trainwreck Sports, presented by Picasso's Pizza. I don't care what you say, some of the best pizza in Western New York. Hit up one of their locations or go to picassospizza.net to find out how you can get Picasso's Pizza shipped to you wherever you are all over the United States. And speaking all over the United States, Bill's hype is running rampant, gentlemen, and we have just the two to break it down. Kevin Masari and Pat Moran, a.k.a. at Pat Moran tweets. Gentlemen, I'll let the guest Pat start. How are we doing tonight? One other thing, too, about Brandon Bean, this really does show you that he wasn't lying around draft time. When we kept hearing over and over again, A.J. Vanessa was the best player on their board. You kind of have to believe that because he's not even playing right now. Sure. They had bigger positions of need. You just talked about linebacker. That's a great position of need. You know, maybe they could have taken a linebacker or a corner with that first uh, pick in the second round, but they didn't. They took a defensive end, even though they don't need him. So I'm not worried about him. I think he's a good player. He'll get his opportunity, but I do understand the point, what you're saying. As a fan, I certainly want to see him on the field sooner than later. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest issue isn't, I would have saw credence in that, but we saw three other rookies have prominent roles on this team. One at a deep receiving group, um, the one that had three really good, solid players in front of them. And they, they opened up a 10 personnel unit, one that they never ran last year with, with the limited resources that they might have had, adding Diggs, obviously, and Gabe Davis you know, being the guy. We didn't see a similar mentality around their second-round pick. So I think it just brings up a question of could he use the 17 snaps that Daryl Johnson got? And if not, and we don't think that he needs those right now, especially in games like New York and Miami, which you're expecting to be up on, could have gotten some valuable time with no preseason. Daryl Johnson's in the game. Like you mentioned, uh, might have had a good play or two. I uh, looked up his PFF, and that's a terrible thing to use, but not very good across the board. But that's you know not telling of how he may have played, um, as we all love to, to, to bash them. But just as a reference point, was ranked toward the bottom of all their defensive end rankings. Are we worried that there's more there, or are we just solely going to rule this? AJ Epinesa needs that, that, that day. The, the room's deep. That's all it is. Is that all we're counting that out? It's so as far as right now. So are we going to be a little more worried, like you mentioned, at week seven? I'll be worried in week seven. I'm just not worried in week one. I, I keep going okay. back to the same thing where I just feel like not having a preseason. He's a guy that really could have used a preseason. And, yeah, there are rookies who have more immediate roles, but that's because of where they're playing. You know, like Gabe Davis as their fourth receiver. They just – there's a need for him there. I mean, they cut Robert Foster. Sure. Got, Duke Williams got cut and brought back to the practice squad. Gabe Davis is on the team because he has a role right away. I, I hear what you're saying. Trust me. I just I, – I feel like if there was a preseason, if we would have saw more from him and then he was inactive in week one, then I'd be a little more concerned. Now, Fair. to your point, if it goes on a little further, multiple weeks, then, yeah, then I think we might have a little something to think about. But, yeah, I just – at this point, and it's just my opinion anyway, I, I, I have no concern at all, at least not right now. No, that's fair. Maniac, what, what, what do you think of that? Do you, what side of the fence are you on with? Did they do the right thing in the second round this year when maybe corner, uh, cornerback two right now, they're scouring the market looking for another corner, um, linebackers banged up, um, really those two position groups. I know a lot of people want an O-line, but that looks to be pretty solid and, and, and a good, good spot that they didn't need to fill. But do you think that they, that was the right move? And are you worried on week one? My position on this, it's, I, I don't want it to be one of ignorance. I don't want it to be one, you know, where I'm just being blind about it. But it's one of those things where if it was done under Rex Ryan, if it was done under a 
Dick Duran, if it was done under a Changeli, I would be legitimately concerned at this point. But okay. fact of the matter is, it's not being done under that. It's being done under Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, and everyone bragged all offseason how deep this roster was. So, I mean, is it really worth being, you know, upset that he's not playing one game? I guess not. I think that when you look at the game overall, there was kind of a casual nature to the way the Bills treated it. They just came, it was, it was businesslike. And I think maybe that played in the decision to have him be inactive as well. I mean, why rush him into a situation where he might get his confidence down in, in there and it's completely unnecessary? So there's a lot of factors. But to your point and your question, uh, at this point, I'm not panicking. Uh, I'd say on a 1 to 10, I'm like a 2.5 on FNS. Okay. Just because, like you guys said, like Pat said, the defensive line was ferocious yesterday. They, uh, I, I mean, I think Darnold never really got settled in the pocket. I think from the first snap, he was kind of, hate to say this, seeing ghosts. And uh, it played into the Bills attack. You had Invader Zim getting in that <laughs> backfield and getting a sack. So that was great to see. And, yeah, I, it, it, that goes to a bigger point, I think, as a Bills fan, um, you know, just securities and insecurities. And I guess I'll use this to transition. I mean, I am at the point right now where Bills fans have just – you got to accept Josh Allen for what he is. Um, and that's just for lack of any better way to put it. Um, we know exactly – we've seen him develop. We've seen him take steps forward. Maybe he'll continue to take steps forward and grow to – you know, an expectation that even in our wildest dreams was kind of uh, only a dream. Uh, but at this point, you know he's going to make a couple mistakes. He's going to make some plays that leave you scratching your head, and he's going to leave some plays that leave you with your jaw on the floor. It's just the kind of QB he is. They got one that can make plays, and they got one that's going to have some plays that are going to be questionable. Starting with Pat, I mean, where are you at on Bills fans, their perspective of Josh Allen? Because I feel like we're all in the same boat. We all know what to expect from him. But people have different reactions when they see criticism from an outside source like PFF or other rating sites. So just curious to hear your thoughts on that. He's really a tantalizing figure, isn't he? Whether it's from the local fans, whether it's from the national fans and national media, it's just um, it's crazy. You know, our, our buddy Bruce Nolan from Buffalo Rumblings, he had, I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact tweet, but – he said it perfectly. When you judge, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but when you evaluate Josh Allen, it's the plays that he makes that the average quarterback in the NFL can't make versus the plays that he misses that the average quarterback in the NFL will make. You know, like the touchdown pass to John Brown, and the average quarterback, almost any other quarterback, makes that play. But he does things that few other quarterbacks can do. And I agree with you 100%. At this point, he is who he is. Maybe he'll get a little more accurate. I do see maturity. I do see more poise. I do see more patience. He, re he ran the ball a lot, and he probably will this entire season from the pocket. But he wasn't as quick to run as he used to be. You could see that already. Like, he waited for some plays to develop. That touchdown pass to Zach Boss, that was a beauty. He could have took off running. He waited for him to get open in the end zone. It was a good play. It's just who he is as a quarterback. Look, the national media is never going to like and respect the guy because they never thought – that he should have been the seventh pick of the draft to begin with. They don't think he's a good quarterback. And I don't know what you could do to, to change people's minds, short of, you know, contending for a Super Bowl. Pretty much that's it. But the Josh Allen that we saw, and I'm not even speaking as a fan. I'm speaking as somebody who's being completely objective about the whole thing. What more realistically do you want from a guy that throws for 312 yards, two touchdowns without an interception, 
runs the ball, scores a touchdown besides the fumbles. The fumbles are a problem. They were a problem, and they're going to remain a problem. And maybe it comes down to who you're playing that week. Because I will say this much, I still feel like they mostly dominated the Jets. But if they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers or if they were playing the Baltimore Ravens, you can't do that. And that's something that he's got to learn, and it keeps happening. So that is the issue that I have with Josh Allen is the fumbles, which is weird because I always thought he would be throwing 17 to 20 interceptions a year. But that's not the case. It's the fumbles that are the issue. But for the most part, look, I like Josh Allen. I was not a fan of him coming out of school. I did not like the pick a couple of years ago, I'm going to be honest, and I've always been honest about it. But he's kind of won me over, like his leadership. And I think he's playing well. But you're never going to impress the people that don't want to be impressed. They're always going to find a narrative and a reason to hate him. But if I'm a Bills fan right now, and I am a Bills fan, I'm excited about him. Yeah, I mean, those are those are extremely fair points. And I come from the other side where I was a Josh Allen fan prior to the Bills drafting, and I saw the talent. Uh, I remember tuning in specifically to the pro day to, to really focus on it. And I know that's usually a rah, rah, this guy's going to be great moment, but I just didn't, I just saw the talent there. Uh, I love that, that he's really focused on his craft with Jordan Palmer. Um, and you're right. I mean, I thought that if there were errors, it would be on the interception front and it just hasn't happened this year. He's great in the red zone, uh, mainly because of his running and teams have to respect that and have to play him in man to man coverage um, down there. And you know, he may, he may make a bad throw or two, but it hasn't led to a critical error. Um, the fumbles are an issue, though. I mean, one of them, um, you know, he got upended and fumbled it. That's unlucky in a way. But the first fumble cannot happen. I mean, right. that, just, that just can't happen there. There's no reason for that. The second fumble will happen. He, he ran. He was running. Uh, really great play uh, and just unlucky all the way around. Um, so that's going to happen. Um, but then, you know, I saw some really good statistics that for the amount of carries that he has, his fumble rate is actually lower than Lamar Jackson's. Um, so it's all relative. He runs the ball a lot. So he's going to put the ball on the ground for per rushing attempt. That is um, that he's going to put the ball on the ground, but not at a, a higher clip than we think, but we're just not used to the, the amount that a quarterback will run and have called runs for them. So I think that that's the athleticism is part of Josh Allen. If we're going to take that away, that means no more man coverage. That means it's going to be condensed. They're going to be able to drop into different zones. Um, it's, it's, it, if we're going, going to take that away from him, we might take away one of his greatest assets, and that's how athletic he is. And that's what's gotten him to have these chances to where he's at today. Um, Josh Allen having the arm that he has, he made plays that other quarterbacks just can't make. Like, they just can't make it. They don't have the arm strength. We've seen it in Buffalo. Um, we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick literally have to jump three feet to try to make a throw. Um, just to get that arm strength that Trent Edwards, or you go down the list. Um, he's got that raw talent, but that leadership that Pat mentioned, that in those intangibles are huge to me. Those are things that make you from okay to maybe a couple of years in the league to maybe three or four decent years in the league to great. Um, so we're going to have to see. I just saw a lot of quarterback play this, this week in 2020, and I didn't see 10 more guys better than him. Uh, I have him right at that 10 to 15 rank. Um, but if we're going to criticize him for not going 100% completion percentage, he made a bad, bad decision. Uh, or excuse me, a bad throw to John Brown in the end zone. I mean, let's call it what it is, Maniac. He should have hit that pass. Uh, and a couple more, too. Uh, the next play, he followed that up with an awful throw, too. Um, but I watched Drew Locke, a guy that, that pundits love, literally made the same play last night. Um, he rolled out, and he completely missed the throw in almost exact fashion. I haven't seen that anywhere. Uh, maybe I'm not enough in the Broncos chain of commands um but uh he it was almost a spitting image play action play that we saw from josh allen so 
I think there's a lot to like. I thought he checked off the completion percentage box. He checked off the 300-yard pass. I know Buffalo wins. I know he's a fan of yours, Pat. Uh, that's one of his big, Joe's big things. He wants to see the 300-yard passing game. Um, is that a landmark to you? The completion percentage at 70-plus percent, the 300-yard game. I mean, there's nothing left here but to criticize individual throws throughout a football game. Well, let me say this, too. In fairness to Josh Allen and the Bills fans who defend him, because sometimes, look, it is annoying sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I know, Joe, you brought up Joe. He gets into it all the time with fans on Twitter who defend that. <laughs> I love it. Thing. Yeah, I do sometimes. I love it. Sometimes I hate it. But here's the thing. And we're, look, we're talking about that Jason McIntyre guy. I think he's from Fox, whoever the hell he's with. Uh-huh. It's one thing to make fun of that throw because it was a horrific throw. Okay, I was at a bar watching the game, and I started screaming yep. at the TV. And I'm sure lots of Bills fans were seeing, saying the exact same thing, missing by that bad. But what pissed me off is he added he stinks. He added in this tweet that I don't remember if he said it word for word, he stinks, but he did. He said Josh Allen stinks, and he used that throw as an example. I'm like, there's about 15 plays from that game where you can argue it. And that's where, like I said, it's the narrative of one person. And in this case, that guy's a clown, by the way. But he doesn't stink, okay? I, did he make mistakes? Yes. Does he got to get better? Yes. Should you be completely sold that Josh Allen is a guy who can lead you deep into the playoffs? No. Not yet, anyway, but he's working towards getting there. And to take the narrative of one or two stupid bad plays and to say the guy stinks, is, it's just ridiculous. Just to yeah, chime man. in here real quick before you get going, Kev. First yeah. off, he didn't throw it in, Pat. The first thing in the tweet is Josh Allen stinks. Okay. The yeah. right there. And then to top it all off, by the way, and I forgot this when I originally saw it, he's recording a TV, and it's not like a monster TV or anything. But he moves the phone to show Fair. you, like, Josh Allen. It's just something, something that, like, someone, you know, born in 1930 would do. But just very interesting from Jason McIntyre. Also filmed in vertical, of course. Uh, he could not have filmed it in horizontal. No, that's but, uh, great. Yeah, what were we going to add on there? No, I was just going to say, to, to couple off that answer, you saw Sam Monson from PFF, Maine Sam, um, basically similar fashion to that tweet you're mentioning, filmed it off the TV. Um, didn't give a good angle of how big this TV was in this case, but the same exact situation. And he tweeted, okay, I'm going to try and go easy on Josh Allen stuff, but oh my God, um, that's verbatim his tweet. Um, and then his follow-up tweet was, where, uh, where are two types of replies to this response? Everyone, bah, ha, 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 with the B in front of it. And then Bill's fans, one play in the whole game, man, come on. Um, so... He's, you want to talk about a narrative, it's PFF. They hammered him as not a first-round pick. They hammered him as nowhere near the top. Um, they were Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is the most pro-ready. And I'll, ham- and I'll hammer this. It gets annoying that I'll hammer this fact. Josh Rosen is the most pro-ready quarterback in the NFL, uh, or in the, excuse me, in the NFL draft. Um, and quite frankly, is well, maybe behind Mason Rudolph right now in this draft class. So um, you got you to gotta go on something here. They can't miss on Rosen and miss on Allen and then try to be looked at as, as a, a good source for draft knowledge, for draft coverage. They're going to have to continue to knock him and knock individual plays because yeah, Bills fans watched this game besides maybe Jets fans. Um, and they saw, and you had a lot of Jets people coming out. Did the Jets make the right decision drafting Darnold over Allen? There's a legitimate Jets reporter saying that they watched this same game. So is it the Bills fans that are the ones that only watch one play or is it PFF? saying that so that's that's kind of what i'll rebuttal the national media but maybe it's you guys watching individual plays or very small chunks of games turning on half of the third quarter or whatever 
uh, watching, you know, whatever. But that's it looks like that to us because at some point after this game and you tweeting that, the narrative's clear um, because, you know, I have Jets – as a Yankees fan, um, I have plenty of Jets people that reach out all the time and said, we, quite frankly, are done with Darnold. Like, he throws too many turnovers. He doesn't have the poise that Allen has. He didn't have any of the – he doesn't have the weapons, but neither did Josh Allen for many years or at least a year and a half um, of his of his starting point. So there's Jets fans that are like, we're, we're tanking for Lawrence. You know, we think we made the wrong choice there definitely picking Darnold over Allen. And that's, that's a growing contingent. That's not just some small, crazy fan base out of New York. That's a growing contingent of people, including their reporters and beat guys. Um, so I think that there's something to that. Um, Josh Rosen wasn't given much. Josh, uh, uh, Darnold wasn't given much. And Josh Allen wasn't either um, until this year, really. So, I mean, he made John Brown a guy. He made Cole Beasley, who Dallas didn't want anymore. Um, and, you know, Robert Foster, who is quite frankly on the Green Bay practice squad right now. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, was that Josh Allen's success or were or those good players? I don't know. Like, we don't know. But none of these quarterbacks were given a lot. Baker Mayfield was and has kind of failed with it. Um, but all the other quarterbacks, Pat, in this, in this, in that class, can we say, oh, well, Josh Rosen was given a raw deal? Well, yeah, he was a little bit, but weren't they all? Well, First of all, I want to know why is the national media watching a Buffalo Bills New York Jets sure. game when all these other good games are going that, on? That's anyway, my point. Yeah, yeah, sure. It. Because they got to know how to chirp Nate Geary. Yeah, that, there you go. Look, I, I am going to defend Sam Darnold a little bit. The, the deck stacked against him, yeah. starting with his head coach, Adam Gase. Okay. There's no talent around him. There's just. Gase is an many, incredible head coach, Pat, honestly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lifetime extension. Keep, keep, keep him around. His level of offense. Like a, the offense that Gase wants to run, it averages 20 yards per play. It averages 80. <laughs> per play. The personnel. It's the personnel. If Josh Allen was on the New York Jets right now, what kind of football team would he be? And what kind of quarterback would Josh Allen be with that personnel, with that coach, with that system? I would venture to say not very good. I think fit. And in some cases, luck, where you end up, means a lot in terms of not just football, any sport, being successful, being a champion. A lot of it has to do with luck and timing. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player, maybe the greatest athlete ever. Does he win these championships if Scottie Pippen doesn't get drafted, if they don't move up and get him, if they don't draft Horace Grant? Michael Jordan might end up being a great stack guy who never wins anything. It's a lot about luck and talent. Now, Baker Mayfield, I won't defend him because all the talent in the world's there. He's got Odell Beckham. He's got Jarvis Landry. He's got Austin Hooper. He's got Chubb. He's got Hunt. He's got weapons galore, yet he continues to underwhelm. Sam Darnold, and, I'm, and it's not that I'm a Sam Darnold fan. I do, th in this case, though, think he's getting a raw deal. And again, I think the Jets are going to probably end up with the worst record in the NFL. I'm really interested to see if that happens in the offseason, what happens to him, because he's probably going to get traded and get a fresh start somewhere okay. else. No, that's fair points. Then bounce this right back to you. Then as an average Dable fan myself and sometimes critical of him, then do you consider Brian Dable a potential head coaching candidate then with all that being said? And the one constant here is coaching. And it's not Sean McDermott. Well, I mean, maybe the leadership side of it is. But the offensive side of it, do you then consider Dable a good offensive coordinator and or potential head coach candidate? I would normally say I'm not qualified to answer that because I don't know. But I will say this. If Josh Allen does become – even somebody who's in the conversation for an MVP, then why doesn't he? If he yeah. takes a quarterback like Josh Allen and develops him into – he's not going to win the MVP, but let's just say he finishes somewhere in that top five to eight okay. in the voting, something like that. I don't see why he wouldn't. Again, I, I mean, that's to be determined. I wouldn't say right now today he would be a legitimate candidate. But 
This offense does look better. It looks a hell of a lot better than it did two years ago. Now, of course, the talent's a lot better. I'm very happy. I think, and I'm the opposite. I'm not critical of him. I think him returning for this year three is going to prove to be, and we'll have to wait and see, of course, but I think him returning this year is going to prove to be maybe as big as any addition that they got, any guy they got in the offseason. And I'll, I'll preface that by saying Dan Arlovsky, that was from Dan Arlovsky saying people will start talking about Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, and what he's doing for Josh Allen, the way we talk about Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson. Their growth and development under Allen has shown in what uh, used to be his weakness, eye discipline and touch, has been out, since now been outstanding. He uses the words in caps, outstanding. Um, that's ex, you know really thought of, well thought of analysts, um, Dan Arlovsky. So that's where that question roots from. And, you know, for someone as a critical as uh, Dable, like I am, and I have seen some, some, some growth in him as an offensive coordinator as well. Um, but it's interesting to see that. And that's why like, I'm going to ask, you know, whoever I can ask that to, I mean, I'm just interested in other perspectives because to me, I'm watching the game and I'm like, should we have ran a short-sighted power option quarterback run on that play or not? Um, but maybe, you know, that opens up future plays and we ran it in the playoffs. Uh, I don't love, I like quarterback runs. I'm not known quarterback run guy. I am quarterback run guy. I do not like short side of the field power runs with a lead blocker quarterback run guy. Um, so we'll see what happens. I like the 10 personnel though. I will admit that. Um, I'm interested to see if that continues uh, against the Miami Dolphins here, Maniac. Yeah, I'm hoping it does, because obviously it was very effective. Huge shout out to Brent Seibold on Twitter. Enjoying this, guys. Thank you. Hey, for enjoying you tuning in. And as always, you can always tune in to Kevin and Pat at their accounts, at Kev Masari for Kevin and at Pat Moran tweets for Pat. We are halfway through here. The Picasso's stat of the day that we had, what do we got? Five of 11 Jets drives failed to gain even five yards. I mean, that was awesome. They, did, they just dominated up front solely. And then when you factor in the Crowder touchdown, which was what, about 60, 65 yards, the Bills defense had their way for most of it. Now it's uh, the, the mood shifts a bit, though, obviously. The game ends, and the immediate fallout wasn't ecstasy over a you know, 1-0 start to the season, but concern for these linebackers. So you had Milano and Edmonds going out. But obviously, in the days since, they've gone to day-to-day. Do you expect both of them to play against Miami? It seems like when the announcement came out, it sounded more like day-to-day and only one of them will play. But then today, based on what the little blurbs, the little blips that I'm seeing on my radar, it sounds like there's a chance that both could be active, I think, where, where Kev is right now, out there on South Beach. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that they'll be okay. I think you see a drastic move to get somebody in. I see, you think you see a lot of – Deion Lacey in today, ex-Bill, hasn't done much, played in the CFL, which got canceled. Um, so really didn't really make a move, and he was a special teams only player. Um, I think you would have seen a bigger name come in and or them scouring practice squads and or them already setting up. Uh, we saw the list yesterday of just DBs in for a visit. That could have been pre-set up with all, with all the COVID rules. Um, but – there's just no urgency and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll see what Pat thinks about that. As, as you read the tea leaves, we all are trying to do that. Do you have any issues to thinking that both of them aren't going to play or are you thinking the same along those same lines where nothing was done there? You're expecting Milano and admins to play against the dolphins. I wouldn't play Milano. Okay. Um, I, I would be very cautious with this hamstring. Didn't he have an hamstring last year? I believe he missed a game at home against Miami. Was it because of a hamstring? I'm pretty sure it was. He definitely missed the game. You're right. Uh, Was it a hamstring? I can't remember if it was a hamstring or not. Might have been. I don't remember. But to me, that's an injury for a linebacker that you need to be a little careful with. 
and it's so early in the season, I wouldn't take any chances whatsoever. Now, if he's 100%, you know, and he's completely and utterly over it, then, yeah, maybe I play him. But if he's, like, at 85 to 90%, it's week two, it's at Miami, I'm sitting him for sure for a week. Now, Edmonds a shoulder, probably a different story. Let me ask both you guys this question, though, because you, you talk about these linebackers and concern. Coming into this season, if you could have picked four guys that you, could have, you would have said the Bills could least afford to lose for, this, for any extended period of time, we all would have said Josh Allen and Trey White. Those would have been the first two. Wouldn't you make that argument that Edmonds and Milano, whichever word you want to put them in, those are probably three and four. And both of them went down in week one. So hopefully they get through this without anything serious. But that's pretty scary. And I think yeah, that no. took away – I think that did take away a lot of the uh, enthusiasm from Sunday's game too. Especially. And then them to, them to hang on. I mean, you're talking about guys that really – like Dodson looked okay in time. Like I like Dodson. I thought it was a great keep, a great play. I mean, I know that they claim Sam Darnold missed that throw to Jamison Crowder over uh, Taron Johnson. That could have been a touchdown on that sack that Dodson had. That's a – talk about another tough throw. Um, over the DB, on the run, way to his right. Maybe – um, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers type of player can make that kind of play. I don't think a normal quarterback's making that play, especially um, knowing that, you know, he had just kind of made that kind of play to throw and pick to Milano in the first place. So um, I liked a lot from Dodson, but to your point, yeah, I think those, those two are beside maybe if you like Poyer or Hyde um, and or Stefan Diggs. Um, th- yeah, I mean, those are definitely the only people in that conversation for who you would least like to lose other than white and and Allen. Um, So, yeah, no, I mean, going into even Miami missing those two, both of them would be, would be, would be hard. Um, But yeah, you're right. He did have an injury Miami last year with a hamstring. Um, I think he had two weeks to rehab it. I don't know if they had a buy in there. I don't recall him missing another game. Um, they, did. they had a buy. I, yeah. I think they okay. had a buy, and then he missed the game after that. Okay. I'm ninety percent sure. Yeah. So two weeks. So that's that's a precedent there. Um, was that that? Injured the hamstring against the Titans last year. The okay. Yeah. So it took two two weeks. So that's that's a good point. Like, do we? Is yeah, it as really, severe as that? We don't know. I mean, there's right. there's. We'll find out tomorrow, and we'll have banged up bills on here as well. Um, to go through some of that, but that's scary. I mean, you're right. Maybe it is a two week. It's not a three week. Maybe it is. I don't think it's a three-week injury or we would see him on IR. Um, but two weeks, very possible. But John McDermott is very, very conservative and called it day-to-day. Um, at most, maybe that is just one game. So we're, we're going to have to tune into that. And admin seems fine. I think that's fair to say that no sling, no rap, nothing after the game. Uh, we took every little piece of video we could out of it, and it does look like he's trending in the right direction. Um, so him and Klein, I think, can get through one game together, and then hopefully Dodson's okay, too, to back that up. Um, but if you're missing both of them, I think that starts to become a problem. And speaking of problems, the Bills are going to have tons of problems for Miami this weekend. But before we get on to that, just a quick look in the rearview mirror. And I hate to admit this because I like to keep up the persona that Adam Gase is secretly a genius. But has he completely broken this Jets team, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's – they're broken. He, he went on there and threw his quarterback under the bus. He just admitted to not calling anything differently against the Bills' defense, but then slightly said he doesn't like playing the pressure fronts of Sean McDermott's defenses um, and how good he is at attacking weaknesses and offensive lines, um, which is good. I mean, I like to hear that about my head coach. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool to hear from a, an established offensive 
guy. Um, but that offense sucks, Maniac. Like, it just sucks. If their defense sucked, whatever, that is what it is. You know, maybe he doesn't have the right defensive things in place. But he's an offensive guy that's made his, made his money on the offensive side of the ball, and it sucks. Um, to have your running back situation just be Bell and a bunch of nothing. Um, Frank Gore's now there, obviously. And then, you know, they brought in K- Kalen Bellage uh, just today and um, messing around with former Notre Dame Josh Adams. So, there, there's just no talent there. And then they didn't address with let Robbie Anderson go, who had a great week one really didn't get paid much. And then thought that Brashad Perriman was the only thing that they wanted to do there, I guess, Mims, but he's been hurt and they messed second round receivers prior to this, but it just, it just doesn't, doesn't all make sense. Pat, are you in the same camp? Or are you seeing something that the, you know, everyone else isn't? Well, for starters, the players hate him. Yeah. And that's not an opinion, by the way. I, oh, I love I, it. I love I've spoken, I've spoken with someone. I've spoken with someone who knows players on that team. I've spoken with someone on the bill. They, the players generally, they, they legitimately hate them. And furthermore, something happened with Le'Veon Bell went on IR today. He already had a hamstring issue and re-aggravated it on Sunday. We already know what happened with Jamal Adams. So on top of everything else, the lack of talent and this and that, like the Bills had a lack of talent in 2018. They didn't hate Sean McDermott. This organization does not like Adam Gase. It's as simple as that. He's not going to look. I know you want him to last forever. I know he's a genius <laughs> in your world. But your boy will not be coaching the New York Jets in 2021. And he probably won't be coaching the Jets at before the end of this season either, man. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I don't remember. I know you're down in Florida. Did you hear anything when he was coaching Miami along those lines? Any of those same things? I don't know if you know anyone that's in no. it at all, but. No, he had one good year. I, did, I think he had one winning season. The I first season, 26, yeah. 2016 in Miami. Yeah. He hasn't done anything since then. To me, he's the guy who coached Beta Manning in, in Denver as the coordinator. That's, that's it. I don't know. It's just some guys just aren't meant to be head coaches. They're not good communicators with their players. They don't. They don't inspire their players. They don't get the best out of them. It's just, I don't know. So at least, put it this way. I'm glad he's not, I'm glad he's not in <laughs> I'm glad he stayed in the division six years, but I mean, five, I guess. I don't think he's going to see year six. Um, are, along those lines, do you even think he's a good offensive? Like, does this, he did, he had those decent Miami teams were all, were pretty good against with Tannehill um, under him and, and some good offenses there. Like you mentioned 2016, but that all went to the wayside the last two years with Sam Darnold and just these bad offenses. Do you think he's really been ruining his credibility as an offensive guy? Well, d- does he make you appreciate Brian Dable more? Yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> I, I, he, well, he can't, low bar there to me. But, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's exactly the, that's exactly the point, though. Um, right. Does he see a good like even like Jason Garrett went on and he's now an offensive coordinator? Do you see uh, do you see Adam Gase as an offensive coordinator for like be really wanting to get chewed up by who cares uh, uh, whatever team that needs an offensive coordinator Jacksonville or whoever needs an offensive coordinator next year? Do you see that him being at the front of the list for that even? I can't based not on what we've seen for the last few years. Now I don't know how much of it is talent. I don't know how much of it is he's not getting anything out of the talent that he does have. Right. But again, that's just a it's a pathetic looking offense and defense. It's, it's just it's it's a, a terrible franchise right now. Anyway, from top to bottom, they did. I I thought they had a pretty good draft. It's not going to do anything to help them this year. So maybe the future will be brighter, especially again if they end up with Trevor Lawrence and yep. figure something out with Sam Darnold. But yeah, and uh, not an Adam Gase guy at all. Yeah, no, it seems like it. And yeah, with with the Washington football team winning and Jacksonville winning or uh, Jacksonville winning, yeah, that's right they are kind of there for the first pick right now, unless something happens in Miami, but I think Miami's better. So 
guys, we might, unfortunately, I hate to see him move on from Darnold because like we've mentioned, I actually do like Darnold too, but Trevor Lawrence there, that sucks. So are they going to go into a new head coach, a reboot? Mackay backed in, like you mentioned, some decent drafted players and Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. That's not something I really want to think about this year. Well, if they don't beat Miami, where, where are you going to count four, four to five wins so that they don't finish right near the bottom? It's not Gardner Minshew. I thought that that was a win, but right. guess not. Guess not. Oh, you can't mess around when you're going up against Minshew Mania. Very likely could be the last year for Adam Gase as a Jet and, and potentially the last year for Fireman Ed as a Jets fan. I'm not going <laughs> to wood there. He has retired in the past, and I think that, that Gase might They got him out of retirement. <laughs> draw that breaks the fireman's back on that one. But we're going on to Miami. Um, we talked about Josh earlier. 70% completion. Uh, the peripheral numbers, everything except the fumbles was what you wanted him to do in week one. So I'll put you guys to the test here a little bit. Taking away the fumbles is a talking point. What specifically do you want to see him, uh, you know, accomplish or set out to do slash execute in South Beach this Sunday? Um, well, I'll tell you, a lot of fans out there are concerned that Josh Allen's running the football too much. And for those people out there, I would say you're probably not going to be happy with the game plan this week either. Because I, I did get to watch a lot of that Miami-New England game alongside the Bills game on Sunday. And I, I think Cam Newton had like 15 carries. He was running at will against that defense. But as a, unlike the Jets, Miami has a better secondary, so you can beat them on the ground. I think that's the way to attack them. The Bills didn't have much success running against the Jets, at least with the running backs. However, again, the Jets, for as bad as they are, if they are good at one thing, that is stopping the run, at least with the running backs. Miami, I feel like, Based on what I saw with New England with Cam Newton running, I think Josh Allen's actually a better runner at this point. I think you might see double-digit carries for Josh Allen. So I don't know how Kevin feels about that, him getting that many carries. But I can see a game plan where Josh Allen's going to do a lot with his legs, maybe even as much with his legs as he does with his arms in Miami on Sunday. Yeah, no, and, and, I'll, pro- and I'll start out by saying I am – I should say I am a Josh Allen running the football guy. I don't love the short side power runs. Mm. I don't love that specifically with Josh Allen. However, I am a fan of Josh Allen running the football. He's just so athletic and he can make a lot of things happen. And they were awful against it. Uh, Let's call it what it is. Miami was awful uh, against stopping the run against Cam Newton. And and you're right. Josh Allen is today a better running quarterback or a better runner in general than Cam Newton is. So, how can you not continue to run it? And unless you're really getting tricky and, and making them have, you know, once again, play you in man coverage, and then all of a sudden you have four receivers and 10 personnel on man coverage, Josh Allen could feast there too. Um, you know, cause you have a, a specific spy. Now they're going to man. Uh, maybe that's what Brian Dable wants you to think. Um, so they're going to come out and they're going to do a lot of different, different um, personnel against man coverage though maybe they're just going to keep it simple, run the ball a lot. And Miami's had a horrible run defense or linebackers are terrible. Um, and it, it is, it is funny to see that they didn't play the quarterback run at all. So we're going of, of all weeks, we're going to into a week with a team that played a quarterback runs worse than anybody. Um, so now it's going to be a major talking point next week after the game to see what Brian Dable actually did. Did he just say, you know what? They suck at stopping the quarterback runs. How would we not exploit that? Or is he going to say we used that to a competitive advantage when into, and they, we saw them go into man immediately 
and we had a lot of matchups we liked across on one-on-one -on -one coverage across the board and, and relying on Josh Allen's arm. That's what I would like to see happen so we can say, look, in a, in a matchup that we used for our advantage, he could run the football. He went and spread the field and 10 personnel and had man covered across the board. Didn't have anything to worry about. They kind of stopped his running game by, by putting someone exclusively on him, but that opened up the rest of the field for his arm. I think that that's going to be impressive. And a lot of Bills fans and maybe even national pundits at that point will have to stop and say, he didn't just run the ball for the easy money. Brian Dable schemed something different and had man coverage all day and had a, had a, had a spy and took him out of pass coverage to spy on Josh Allen. The next thing you know, he's, he's making throws that we want him all to make and, and easier throws because he's in one-on-one -on -one coverage with really good receivers, Maniac. So I want to see him um, be able to exploit that. Their defense is, is new. Um, they have some new talent across the board there. Some of it could develop week two. I don't know that it's there. Um, you know, the linebacking, like I mentioned, you know, Shaq Lawson had a rough day. One of the worst ranked players out of the day um, didn't look very good at all. Raekwon Davis, a defensive tackle they had was awful in gap assignments. Um, so he plays a lot of snaps too. Um, Devon Godshaw, another guy they play across that defensive line had a rough day. Just, just was out of, out of place all day. Their corner, their new cornerbacks were okay. Howard's bounce back. Byron Jones is pretty good. Noah Igbenogany, uh, a nickel cornerback. They drafted pretty high, uh, look out of place at times. And the linebacking core, like I mentioned, was awful. Jerome Baker just couldn't stop anything. Um, and uh, Landon Roberts, who they play a lot too, was just, they're just not that good. They're just, typical guys that you'd see like the Keith Ellison's of the world that Buffalo's had in years past. They're just not very good linebackers, Pat. So I think that there's a lot to exploit there on this defensive side of the ball. Um, they got good safety play. I know Bobby McCain's generally respected down there. Um, they've converted Eric Rowe, a guy who's bounced around the league a little bit, but uh, he was one of the guys that stuck on from the last year's defensive back mess. Um, and, you know, Brandon Jones, another safety that they, so they play three real safeties and, and they have Kyle Van Noy there now. So it's not a crazy defense. It's not good. It's still, it's still getting pieced together um, a lot of different ways, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll couple it by saying if the matchup by Brian Dable is to run the football, I cannot fault him in this specific game. Um, but I'd like to personally see him continue to take the passing to the next level, continue to find open receivers, continue to throw his receivers open like we saw, and continue to make tough throws like we saw to Diggs on along, along the left sideline that very few quarterbacks can make. Uh, well, Miami is well coached. I'll give them that. I like Flores. Yeah. I, they'll make adjustments. I mean, it was very easy. Again, I watched a lot of that New England game, and Cam Newton kind of had, had his way. And, and the running game in general did against them. If they work, you know, they're going to shore that up. And this is something I like about the Bills offense right now. Because they could beat you in other ways. You yep. saw some of it just Sunday. Stephon Diggs is a big addition. And he makes John Brown better. No, oh, yeah. so there's going to be favorable matchups out there. Cole Beasley, of course. Cole Beasley might have caught a long touchdown pass if Josh would have threw it a little higher when he had him in that seam in stride. So there's ways to beat them. Who knows? Maybe Gabriel Davis makes a couple big plays. I like this offense a lot. It's been a long time since I've liked the Buffalo Bills offense more than I like this one right now. I'll say that much for sure. Fair. Fair points. And I think Miami comes in and you're right. They're coached well. Their offensive line played fairly well um, by the metrics I saw and some of the, the film I saw, limited film. Um, but I did notice that they specifically played Ralph Fitz didn't. Um, um, so, you know, they're, they're going to have, I think, a little bit better of an offensive line than we saw in New York, but maybe not. New, York, New, York's, New York's offensive line was regarded as fully revamped and Mackay Backton had some good, you know, put some good things on film and still the Bills defense was, defensive line was, was very good. But the big talking point out of this, this, this game, guys, is that the guy that makes their offense tick is potentially out with his own hamstring injury. Um, so Devontae Parker, I've just, I've just heard from Miami people, and we're going to have a, a Miami show crossover edition on Thursday, um, that they, they, just, they just don't feel that they can win offensively at least without, without him. So 
is that a big, big time loss, Pat? Or do you see them being able to, if you, I know you mentioned you've seen a lot, you watch a lot of this game, how them offensively now, you know, Brian Flores will probably correct them defensively, like you said, make adjustments. Cause that wasn't a good defensive performance, even though they kept the st- score close, but offensively they kind of look like a mess. Yeah. Um, so are they going to be able to even do, I mean, what can you do? I mean, you're going to play Jakeem Grant. I mean, you're going to play Isaiah Ford, Preston Williams, but is that enough? They're limited. They're definitely limited. I think the bills are playing in Miami at the right time early in the season. I'd rather see Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. And again, especially no Devontae Parker. Who knows when Tua plays? And maybe if you play him in Miami later in the season and he's got three, four, or five games under his belt if he ends up playing this year, which I think he will at some point, you're probably looking at a more unpredictable, dangerous Miami offense. Whereas right now, this is going to be a little more predictable, a little more stagnant. I don't want to say it's terrible. I mean, I think we just watched a terrible offense on Sunday with the Jets. I don't know that they're that bad. But I don't know that they're that much better either. Because again, without Parker especially, I'm sure they're going to try to run the football. I just don't see a lot of talent. And look, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick as much as the next guy, but I'm not scared of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm just going to put that out there. Not scared of him at all. So I think the Bills are playing in Miami at the right time. That's true. Has Fitz ever beat the Bills? Has he beaten the Bills? I know he had that choke when the Jets were going to make the playoffs and lost. Uh, I don't think he's – that would have been the only season I could think that – has he ever beaten the Bills? Does anyone know? I can't, ever, think of, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't think of him. I don't think Buffalo. he's ever beaten Buffalo, at, yeah. even at, maybe prior to the coming to Buffalo, but I don't think in, in recently. Did he went in like when he played for Houston? One know. of those could jump out, I, I, possibly. Maybe Tennessee. I don't know. Did, he's played on every team in the league. I was going to so. say, he's played enough teams. He's probably beaten the Bills. At some but seriously, point. though, I mean, that's, that's a good point, right? Has he ever beaten the Bills? Like, if, if he has, he's 1-15 in 15 or 1-10 in 10 or whatever it might be. Um, so that's, that's a good point. And to me, what's interesting is they went and revamped the running back room. Um, they had Jordan Howard. And according to my snap counts, like, I don't know our right that I had in front of me. He had nine snaps, Jordan Howard. Is that right? 39 snaps from Miles Gaskin? um fantasy news out there like miles gaskins getting the run there um matt Breida with only 14 as well so i don't know i, I don't know i can't trust a not like does he was he just bad in in his preseason but that's that's bizarre miles gaskins a guy and uh, does have a little bit of talent but um i mean that that's that's that could be an abysmal offense so we'll have to see it pre tua no Devonte parker um but i think the offensive line's in okay shape um but they went out and traded for lynn bowden a, a guy that that was given up on, which is quite shocking. Um, but Miles Gaskin is potentially the guy getting getting the snaps there, unless my snap counts are off. I think Miami is going to be far more committed to attempting to run the football. They have than to. Jets were now, of course, you know, not falling down twenty-one nothing. I'm going to preface it by saying that. But that said, yeah, I think Miami is going to try to ugly this game up some, and you're going to see a lot of a uh, see a lot of grittiness, a lot of in the trenches, a lot of running in between the tackles. I think that's what you're going to see a lot of from Miami. That's true. And I'm a big Mike Kosaki fan, so I will say that. I, I, like I say that, and I say that now, and Fitzpatrick will probably throw 46 times, just like Josh Allen did in a wire-to-wire win against the Jets last night. I know. Yeah, I just realized when Ryan Fitzpatrick beat the Bills, the Thursday night opener. You, you saying him throwing for 400 yards is what cute. That's right. Oh That's God. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. He, he literally 16? was dropping 40-yard bombs at will. Yeah. That's right, to Eric Decker. Was that 2016? Yeah, was it? Yeah, yep, the, the five-day season, as they called it, when uh, when we were 0-2, five days in. Not good. Real that quick, let's talk. do a quick trivia. We've kind of given it away just based on how we're talking. We'll go alternating Pat first and then Kevin. Tell okay. me the five teams that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for since he left the Bills. 
since he left the Bills. Oh, my God. Well, do I got to go get my Tampa hat again? I don't know where I threw it. <laughs> All right, so Tampa won. So Tampa counts. Um, since Jets. he left the Bills, huh? Obviously the Dolphins. Got the Dolphins. So the two Florida teams are out. Now there's three more. Jets. Jets. Since he's oh, left boy. the Bills. Two more. He went. Tampa, I'm tempted to cheat, but I won't. Tampa was the one I was thinking. Um, so he went and left. He went to that AFC South. Wow, I can't – did he go to the Titans? The Titans. Yeah. The Titans is correct. Yep. And then there's oh. one more, Pat. You got it. Oh. Mm. I, 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 it went Titans, blank, Jets, Tampa Bay, Dolphins. Man. That oh, – oh. I can't get it. I can't. I can't bring myself to cheat, even with Google right in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate you not pulling a Tom Brady and cheating, but it was Houston. Houston. Oh, he played on both. Wow, I knew he was Imagine in the AFC South. Unbelievable. Imagine telling somebody in the 2012 post post 2012 season, not only will Ryan Fitzpatrick be playing in 2020, but he'll have been starting legitimately for four to five different teams. Like they view him as their starter for the year. Wow. Unreal staying power. No, that's, that's unreal. That's definitely really good. Unreal stats. Um, man, he played and what we'll cap it off the Ryan Fitzpatrick segment by saying he finds the starts on every one of those teams. Yeah. He and he always play, he plays well for a while. He doesn't, he doesn't fumble much himself. Sometimes he does try to rocket a ball in there and it gets picked or whatever. But, yeah, he's, he's typically, you know, whether it was what, Jameis Winston, whether it was whatever the Jets had going on, whether it was, you know, Matt Schaub in Houston, whether it was – I mean, was that like pre-Mariota in Tennessee? I mean, my goodness, this tenure is ridiculous. But he just finds a way to make the responsible play. So, with that said, speaking of responsible plays, Miami having fans this – this game pat give me a take on that i mean you're down there you got the intel you know well first of all the fans down here no disrespect to floridians but they're the worst they they don't care say. if there's sixteen thousand fans in that stadium i'll bet you eight thousand of them are going to be bills fans there's so many buffalo bills fans in the miami area work? they'll find a way to get tickets i don't know how they're going to do it but they will find a way to work? get those tickets i don't even know i don't even know it doesn't bother me but i will say this Every media person I've had on my podcast over the last couple of months that I've asked a question to, how do you feel about some fans in certain stadiums but not in Buffalo? They think it's bullshit and they don't like it. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. Make money, I guess. I don't know. Is it going to be really – do you think it's going to affect the Buffalo Bills? I, I don't. I think it might be more distracting to the home team to look out and only see 16,000 fans than it is to the road team. I mean, that's my take on it personally. Doesn't bother me at all. I'm not worried about it. Put it that way. I'll jump in to say I have a source inside the team that said the Bills were very close to having fans and that the tiebreaker in the situation was the tomfoolery in the parking lot and other situations that led them to not have fans. Now, can't confirm that. I don't know. But that's what I was told by people who work game day operations and other things, that they were gearing up for potential of having fans. And it, they, the Bills did, I think – uh, schedule-wise, take it to the, pretty much the last minute on, on admitting to not having fans. And I think, uh, I'm praying that things go okay, but I think that you'll see fans for the Bills. So 
I don't mind other test markets. It's, it's not Buffalo and we're not exposing our population. If Florida, it's a state law, I don't know, governor law, I don't know who can make that decision. But if they're going to try it out and they can give us data, you saw it in, was it last night, where they're allowing the fam- friends and family in Denver um, to, to go to the game? And I don't mind, ta- we need to test this stuff. And the second we have an issue, we need to ramp it back and be safe for our population. Well, um, I wouldn't take any data from Florida that much. I can promise <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. If Florida offers you any data, you don't want it. Because <laughs> I can promise you this as somebody who's living down here for the moment anyway, COVID is, I'm not going to say it's a hoax down here, but people do not take it nowhere near serious. There's nothing that you can't do down here at this point. If you play sports, po- if you want to play softball, you want to play volleyball, all bars are open, everything's open for business. My son plays high school football. His season starts Friday. They're wow. allowed to sell 800 tickets for home games. Wow. So, yeah, my son can have 800 people in his home game, and the Bills can't have anybody at, at uh, the Bills Stadium. That's wild. That's very wild. But, yeah, I think, that's just the way it is on it. I know Buffalo had a little spike in cases because, to quite frankly, I don't think it's to that level, but we have a lot of population that's like that too, Pat, um, where they're, you know, they just want to go back to normal. I have friends going to any bars open and stuff. And that's, that's their decision um, with a little fan, with a family myself. And I have a little one, I, I've taken it pretty seriously sure. and, and, and kept it. And I, you know, is it the right decision long-term? I hope so. I mean, I hope I've made the right decisions there, but we got to use data where we can. And, and hopefully there are. So to my opinion, if that's Miami's decision to have fans maniac, then that's what they're going to do. Like, I don't love it personally in my personal beliefs. I don't, I don't know, but at the same time, is it a competitive advantage? I've like Pat said, I can't see that the Bills fans will get, a, get, get a hold of those tickets. There's probably somewhere traveling there as we speak. If they can't get there on a plane, they're driving. Um, they don't and, need to travel. They're down here already. That's <laughs> true too. Um, that's true too. So maybe that market will be through the roof. I don't even know if they're going to let you resell those tickets. I don't know how that works. No, I don't either. Um, but no, no competitive advantage or maniac, not worried at all. I'd like to see other teams be able to go to it. Um, because I think that that's fair. And hopefully we get to a place to where we can safely do that. This train wreck trivia question brought to you by Picasso's pizza, go to Picasso's pizza.net for the best deals on the best pizza in Western New York. This trivia question I'm going to hit Kev with this time. In real life, in reality, the Dolphins mascot is named TD. Did you know that? TD? No, I did not know that. It stands for the Dolphin. Well, <laughs> I'm just no, not going to get that right. He's been around for 23 years, so, so he was new in 1997. Before him, there was a different one. In the movie Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, What is the name of the dolphin mascot? Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty good at movie trivia, but I cannot think of this. Um, I'm going to have to bounce it to Pat. I have no idea. I can't can't come up with it. I I am usually decent at movie trivia, but I can't can't hit that. Let me tell you something. Last time I did the show, I was with with Maniac and Degenerate Al, and I went over and embarrassed myself. (laughs) If they get any of the trivia questions right, I got that one, and I probably won't get any other one right either. I have no idea. I have no earthly idea. The dolphin in Ace Ventura Pet Detective was named Snowflake. Snowflake. Okay, 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 okay. But speaking of crunching the data, speaking of saying the numbers, I know it's only Tuesday, so let's get what we call your two early predictions for Sunday's game. We know it always changes throughout the week based on the gut feeling. So and so might be out. Obviously, if Parker plays, like uh, Kevin discussed, potentially, you know, if he's in or out, that is a huge factor for that Miami offense. So let's start with Pat. Give me your prediction for how it breaks down this Sunday in Miami. 
I'm going to go with the exact same score as week one. I think the Bills win by 10. I think they win 27-17. I think they're going to score a late touchdown, too. I think it's going to be a one-score game, whether they're up by seven, whether they're up by three. It's going to be a late score to make it a two-score game. Because I know I think Miami's like five-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. So the Bills are going to cover, but they're not going to cover until the last couple minutes of the game. I got Buffalo 27, Miami 17. Um, I've, I've had this number 16 for Miami sticking out to me for a while. I think they hit 16. I think the bills are probably in around 24. So I have them covering. Um, I think once again, it might be a score that's closer than the game was. So I don't think that they're going to compete heavily without Parker uh, their offense is just different with him. I don't think he can go. Uh, hamstrings are tricky. We've talked about it on the show a lot. I, I don't see, I don't see them. I, I see them doing some scary things and me thinking like if Tua played or X, Y, Z happens, I'm not going to be too happy about this game. Um, but no, I got 24, 16 and I'm feeling like that's even too close, but I'm going to go with that. Um, I got dog last week for keeping the jets close um, in my predictions, but uh, I think my prediction ended up being like a couple points off by the end of the final score. So I'm still feeling good about um, for 24, 16 and 24, 16 in this one. And, my, uh, Josh Allen, if you want, if you want stats, you want he's played Miami well every single star, every single star in Miami, in Buffalo. Uh, his numbers against Miami are fantastic, whatever it is. Um, so twenty four sixteen, and maybe the Bills faltering a little bit in stretches of this one. Maybe, um, maybe like you mentioned, Miami runs the ball a little bit to keep the control of the clock. But twenty four sixteen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Allen has averaged like three hundred yards of offense and two touchdowns per game. Yet. I think so. It's a lot. Pretty good baseline for any QB. I will. I agree with exactly what you guys are saying. I think it's another workmanlike game. I think that Fitz finds a way to get a backdoor cover. I think it's 24-13 into the final wanes of it. They get down. Somehow they get in the end zone. Whether they get the two-point conversion is up to you. I will say that they don't. So I'll go 24-19. So Miami gets a backdoor cover. But Bills get their 2-0 and start before a very hard stretch of games. And, hey, folks, you don't have to worry about that hard stretch of games as long as you have Picasso's Pizza, which you can go to picassospizza.net or one of the many locations in western New York. Pat, I can't believe I can't believe after an episode you decided to jump on again with us. That, that's a lot of courage. <laughs> well, I'm looking at myself right now, and this is the final nail that I really need to go out and get some real lighting and a decent webcam to uh, do these videos, which, by the way, you, you guys are the only ones I even – do this with one last thing too real quick this is a big game i know it might not seem like a big game but this is a big game they're on the road they're playing a divisional opponent and after fitzpatrick who might arguably be one of the crappiest quarterbacks that they played this year i mean you got mahomes you got russell wilson you got big ben you got kyler murray you got golf you got a lot of good quarterbacks on this schedule i want to see this defense come out and dominate especially even if one of the two linebackers are in that lineup sunday to me, this is a pretty big game. Even if some people are just like, "Yeah, hey, it's only week two and they're playing, you know, at Miami. I consider this a pretty big game. You got to win these kind of games to be in contention for one of the better records in the conference at the end of the year. That's true. No, no. I mean, once again, 2-0 and is huge. They need to go 2-0 and in the division to start, off, to start off right. And one thing McDermott's been good at, and a lot of people use it against him, is winning games he should win. Yeah. Um, so we can have this discussion when we bring up Rams week next week or the 49ers and some of those quarterbacks you mentioned. They need to beat these teams um, with winning records, even though Dallas did, and then they went to 500, and a couple of other, you know, Pittsburgh did and went to 500, et cetera, in big spots. 
So those don't count for him, but you're right. He needs to win the games that he wins. McDermott very good at that and has been good at that in his whole tenure here. So I'm going to, until he starts faltering multiple times against teams he should beat, I think they take care of business, but you're right, Pat. I'd like to see a little bit more commanding than, than 24-16 that I predicted or 24-19 that, that Maniac predicted. Uh, I'd like to see them start, finish a game, and if they backdoor into making it a 10-point game, fine, but I'd like to see a little bit more complete than the Jets game because um, the Dolphins are a little better, um, but I'd like to see that and carrying that into these good quarterbacks. Most definitely. And before we go, huge shout out to John Walrow. I absolutely ran him over on Twitter this past Sunday. He tried to talk about Josh Allen being in the NFL in 2017. <laughs> Everybody knows he was kicking it as a Wyoming Cowboy during that time. John, as a colleague, I just want to say thank you for taking that in stride and, you know, sparing me uh, any embarrassment there. Thank you very much. And folks, always make sure you're following Trainer Sports on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you can get your podcasts. And do the same for Pat. He's talking Buffalo. I would say probably the only person who has as good a guess as we do. I'm sorry. Sorry, Buff Fanatic. Sorry being like that, Chuck. But that's what happens. <laughs> Folks, make sure you're staying tuned. It's Tuesday. We have, uh, we're, what, 140 hours until uh, game day. But it can't get here soon enough because it's the Crowd Assist Podcast. And as always, let's go Bills. Thanks for coming on, Pat. Appreciate it, man. Time to disconnect, but here we go. I don't know. Stopping stream. Do you think? Do you think Warrow's pest? I no. I didn't even know about that. Oh my gosh! Even it, it was a layup. It was a layup. Okay, it's out. It's definitely out now. Good show, guys. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Thanks for coming on, man. I oh, really man, appreciate that was, it. That was a lot of fun, boys. Uh, anytime, man. I'm gonna get you guys on my shit too, pretty soon. Get a little more organized here. I'm just, I got to figure out what's wrong with my shit. You guys heard me perfect. The last three guests I've had couldn't hear me at all on my output. So that's weird, but yeah. yeah I gotta get, honestly. I got to get some gear. Everyone's doing the video stuff now. I've resisted it for too long. It's part of, uh, it's got to, it's got to happen now. But yeah, you guys are doing good, man. I appreciate you. No, thanks for coming on. Yeah, same here. I've been an audio guy for a while and numbers started declining. We're like, you know, video, it's it's, it's all it's all yeah. video yeah so. you got to do it you got to do it appreciate yeah. you man thanks so much for coming on we'll probably give you a shout maybe in a couple you know maybe toward the middle of the season and maybe uh recap yeah, some of these anytime, man. Made. yeah anytime, appreciate man. It. all right guys yeah, no, thank you so much you yeah talk, talk to you soon man later. Later. later so there was just an audio hookup in the beginning or hiccup in the beginning that's okay it wasn't much. it was only for like two to three minutes and then i got the rest and recorded i can chop it up and i'll get it on uh soundcloud spotify and everything it'll be good yeah, no, no worries, man. If you want to, um, we have it on uh, a crowd assist podcast show too. So if you want to send me the audio. Okay. I'll, I'll convert it right now. I'll uh, just text me your email and I'll fire it over. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. Right. Catch you later. Man, See you later. Man, you too. Man. Yep. Oh, Say well. Yankees are getting crushed tonight. <laughs> are you going? Oh, it's in New York. Never mind. Yeah. I was going to say, aren't you guys going to go to your tower? Stanton back. It's probably going to be a laser light show for the poor. Blues. I'll tell you what, the, the Jays are going to play the, the Yankees, at least a minus squad. So yeah. um, if they don't win, they're, they're overrated, but uh, we'll it's going to be tough for them. Oh yeah. Yankees are going to want to crush them for sure. Yeah. Oh, no, they got, they got something to prove. Definitely.
All right, All right man. Take it easy. Have a good night.